you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Hey, guys. Back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck, yeah. And some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, <laughs> ah, love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, tenor girl go shopping. Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. What is up? Welcome to another edition of the NFL Fantasy Football Podcast. It's me, your man, MG Marcus Grant, alongside the Fantasy Hall of Famer, Michael Fabiano, and the Fantasy Viper, Graham Barfield. Uh, and this is it. This is the last Wednesday show of the, essentially the fantasy season, right? Yeah, it is. Yeah, this is it, man. It, it goes by so fast. Yeah, actually, it is. It like, really does. Next Wednesday is Christmas. The week Wednesday after that is New Year's Day. Yeah, mm-hmm. we've got the stacked holidays coming up next. Yeah. Yep. So uh, we won't be doing shows. We will still do Monday and Friday shows for the next couple of weeks. Uh, but no Wednesday shows, obviously, because of the holidays. So, yep. Um, yeah. Uh, happy holidays to all. Uh, more importantly, happy championship week to those of you who observe. Congratulations to everyone <laughs> who got in. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, you know, we'll, we'll look at uh, another group of be brave or beware guys for this week. Of course, uh, you know, you guys will dig into it further on Friday with some of the more individual matchups. But we'll take the big picture look at it uh, coming up today. Also, since, you know, not everybody made it to their championship game, we'll do some look ahead stuff. Uh, a group of guys that you might think about in your keeper leagues. So we'll kind of talk about guys and what you might have to give up in terms of a draft pick and whether or not it's going to be worth keeping them uh, at that price. So we'll talk about that and, uh, and plenty more 
But before we do that, we'll go behind the glass as always and talk to our faithful producer, Senior Edward L. Murphy Esquire. Murphy, you're on your way home soon, huh? Yeah, like you guys were just saying, our last uh, Wednesday show before the holidays, so I'm getting a red eye tomorrow night um, after my uh, last day working here, and then uh, I'll be back right before New Year's. So uh, last 2019 fantasy show. Yeah, with the whole group. Uh, with the with the entire group. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's it's uh, it is crazy how fast it moved. And I was going to say when I'm home, I was going to look forward to seeing the the new Star Wars movie. I know you guys are all big Star Wars fans, and mm-hmm. I logged on this morning. Some reviews came in, so I was like, all right, I'll check Rotten Tomatoes and. <laughs> The score I saw on Rotten Tomatoes is like, oh no, uh, maybe Uh-oh. I should uh, worry. Really? I don't. I don't. Don't. Don't tell me. Don't yeah. tell me. I'm not. I'm avoiding. Yeah. I'm not, I, I'm yeah. not doing I'm go, it. I'm going Saturday, like at seven, because it's really the first time I can go. Yeah. And, I was, and I'm trying like hell to to avoid any, but. I didn't read reviews. I right. saw some tweets about it, just like very generic tweets. I saw some very positive and saying yeah, see, like, I don't know. Some as people as haters mixed, on Twitter. I've seen mixed. So. As you're I've saying this, that are, uh, yeah, they, as you're saying this, I'm going to go on Twitter right now and just start muting Rise of Skywalker. I'm just going to mute as many things as possible so I can avoid it. Good idea. Here's the thing: with a a a beloved franchise like this, right? I mean, this this is a saga that has literally gone for 40-plus years now, right? From the first movie to, to The Rise of Skywalker. I feel like no matter what you do, no one's going to love the ending, right? I mean, think about all the beloved TV shows you have, right? Their final episode, like, nobody loves them. It's I, I've never seen a fan base that is impossible to, like, unify. Like, yep. they're, they're always going to be divided. You, we've seen uh, DC fans unify over how bad those movies were, but we've seen Marvel fans unify over how great uh, the recent MCU movies have been. But, like, Star Wars, for example, just, like, they're they're never going to agree to it. Right. So, like, part of me thought, like, the critics would like a little bit and, like, the casual fans would be like, hey, it was fun, it was great, it's a great ending, let's give these, this, uh, like, this part of the Star Wars story a break for a bit because right. of stuff going on in the future. But, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't, nothing they could have done would have made anyone no. happy. No, no one was going to be satisfied with this whole thing. So, that said, I'm going to go see it anyway. Um, <laughs> Same. Right. <laughs> On a positive note, the the last episode of the Mandalorian just came out overnight. Uh, not the last one, but most the recent most recent one. one. Yeah. It was good. All right, it's a great show. Cool, it, it, was, a, awesome. it was good. Dude. It is a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. Uh, just a heads up too. I have a. I woke up with a little tickle in my throat. So if I sound weird today, uh, that's it. But you know we're playing hurt because this is what we do this time of year. So all right, here we go. Let's do some news. All right, we will start in Minnesota. The Vikings are monitoring Dalvin Cook's shoulder injury now. Look, the reports initially out of Minnesota were that, you know, it looks good and that he should be able to play through it. He should be on the field for what is a huge Monday night game uh, against the Packers. Obviously, it's big for both teams. It's big for a lot of teams in the NFC in terms of playoff seeding and and that sort of thing. Um, And obviously for fantasy, it's definitely huge as well because there are a lot of really important fantasy assets going in this one. I mean, Fabs, I know they're saying that he's going to be good to go. Uh, pardon me if I'm a little bit skeptical, though, in, in making contingency plans. He looked like he was in a lot of pain when he got hurt coming off the field. And correct me if I'm wrong, but I do believe that Adam Schefter had even said that he thought Cook would be out for the rest of the regular season. That was yeah, the report. He did yes. say that. So, I, and I was actually on uh, SiriusXM with uh, Bob Harris and Mike Dempsey yesterday talking about this exact scenario. It's it's a crappy one if you're a Dalvin Cook owner. It's a crappy one if you picked up Mike Boone. It's a crappy one if you have Alexander Madison because you almost legitimately have to have two 
or three of those pieces right. to start any one of them <laughs> because it's a Monday night game. Yeah, I was about to say, oh, by the way, it's a Monday night game, so you will have most likely no idea. Unless right. we get word Sunday night that, that Cook will be inactive or active. Right. But so, I, I would imagine they're going to drag this thing out. Yeah, they would. I mean, the thing you need to do is, you know, low-hanging fruit scenario here. Check the practice reports and see what happens going into the weekend because if we don't know for sure that Dalvin Cook is out, if we don't know for sure that Alexander Madison is out, you can't really wait and play Mike Boone. You just can't. Right. It's – yeah, it's – this is – Look, injuries are never fun. Uh, obviously, for the guys that are suffering them, they are they're awful. For those of us who you know sort of play fantasy, it's it's a mild inconvenience. But man, this is the worst time to have that inconvenience. I know, in yeah, I know, and especially with a guy and, of his caliber. Right. I mean, Dalvin Cook's been a beast all year long. And this is now you know the third straight week where Cook has has kind of disappointed us, either because of the he's been injured or just been you know slightly less involved in their offense. Uh, you know, he's capped off. Just an, an amazing start of the yeah. season. But, you know, the last couple of weeks have been definitely pretty rough if you've been relying heavily on Cook, which uh, he's been dragging a lot of fantasy teams. So we players. talked about, you know, like the potential number one overall pick next year. And I think we were talking about Dalvin Cook we being him in, in the mix. Yep. Yep. Is he out of the mix now? Because you're being reminded of his lack of durability. You know, that is that is a thing to consider, right? I mean, when you talked about, I mean, obviously, Saquon, we only had one year worth of of NFL resume to, to go on. Um, you know, Christian McCaffrey's been able to stay healthy. But, yeah, that is a thing to consider when you talk about Dalvin yeah. Cook uh, mm-hmm. for the top pick next year. Yep. Um, speaking of injuries, the Giants have placed Evan Ingram on injured reserve. On Monday, we talked about how potentially loaded this offense could be uh, fantasy wise, I you know I tweeted out that clip that we had from the pod, and that one of the responses I got back was from uh, our pal Charles McDonald, who now covers the Jets and Giants there for uh, up there in New York, and his response was, "LOL, no." <laughs> um, I, you know, and I responded back, and, and his, his basic premise was. Uh, you know, it depends on who's coaching this team next year and sense. how this thing sets up. I mean, obviously, he, and he's a guy who you know is paid to watch these teams very closely now and, and certainly is, is paid to give his opinion on them. Um, but I think the one thing we can say is we never really got to see, I mean, speaking of Star Wars, we never got to see this this uh, battle station fully operational. Um, because, you know, Ingram, between Ingram, Tate, Shepard, Barkley, like these guys were never on the field all at the same time. So we really don't know what this offense can be when everything is right. No, we don't. And Daniel Jones, um, you know, has been was up and down this year, to say the least. Uh, got a hot start against the Bucks, And then, you know, it's just took a bunch of fumbles and obviously was was uh, fairly turnover prone. But yeah, right. he never got to play with any of his guys, you know, he, he never got to play with the full cast of weapons and quarterbacks coming into their second year usually take a jump in terms of their, mm-hmm. you know, not only their ability, but their understanding of the offense. And I, I do think, you know, what they're going to do at the head coach spot is, is huge for his development because, you know, Shermer, I, I think has left a lot to be desired there for New York in, the, in, the, in his offense the last yeah. couple of years. Yeah. So that's going to be one to see. I know for, for Evan, it was a frustrating season. Yep. Um, he just couldn't quite stay healthy, had a lot of nagging injuries, and now his season is over. Speaking of season over, A.J. Green, not likely. It to never play. started. Could, How could, could it, t- it be over? <laughs> <laughs> I told you this 12 weeks ago. Right. Like, I just look at this and like, why? what took so long for us to get here, right? He says he's not likely to play the final two games. The rest of America says, duh. Um, cause it's going to be fun watching him play for the Patriots. And, yeah, and so now that's the question is what happens here? Like, does he go somewhere else? I, I, I just, 
I don't understand what the Bengals were doing, right? Like, they didn't put him on IR. They didn't trade him. I mean, that to me says, and Graham, you and I have talked about this just, you know, privately. Do they have some level of confidence that they can keep him around this offseason? Because I, otherwise, I don't understand what they did with him this year. Right, yeah. Uh, you know, that's the thing is, you know, he's now an unrestricted free agent after this season. And um, I, I'm not entirely sure what the Bengals were doing either. I think this has kind of been the common consensus here. As well as just like Cincinnati could have traded him, they they could have put him on IR, and and maybe you know maybe they tried to save a little bit of money by just keeping him active. But I, you know, it'll be really interesting to see what they decide to do because really they left themselves with almost no leverage because he's an unrestricted free agent after this year. They could mm-hmm. they could technically you know try to work out a deal uh, long term, and and maybe they will if they they draft Joe Burrow. Uh, I hope they do because Joe Burrow to AJ Green would be a that, lot of fun. But that seems like the consensus right now. But I think. Uh, yeah, you know, we, we just have to have to wait and see. Yeah, I mean, I also wonder if you are A.J. Green, right, and, and you are, what, coming up on, what, nine, ten years in the league now? Um, I, yeah, Joe Burrow has a lot of potential, but do you want to be there to break in a right. young quarterback? And, you know, when, like, at some point you want to win, right? You want right. you want a shot at the playoffs. You want a shot to, to go after a championship. And if you're A.J. Green, do you want to stick around and help uh, bring along a young quarterback and not knowing what your future may be there? So. Right. Uh, I will say Joe Burrow just looks amazing. No, he looks great. Oh, he looks amazing. Absolutely. Um, but, you know, most young quarterbacks still have growing pains, too. So that's that's something to consider. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, Juju Smith-Schuster is reportedly taking a smart approach with his knee injury. He right now is listed as questionable. We'll see whether or not he plays against the Jetropolitans this week. I mean, Fabs, what are we what are we doing with Juju at this? If he plays, do you feel confident enough in him working with Devlin Hodges, who is the starter again, uh, to put him in your lineup in Week 16? I just don't know. Yeah, uh, at this point, with the championship on the line, I mean, we'd have to get some really positive reports about him. No snap count limitations, no limitations physically whatsoever. Uh, the matchup is is clearly you know a pretty decent one against the Jets. Mm-hmm. So. It really depends. If he can get in full practices throughout the week, then I think about potentially flexing him. But you're right. Juju hasn't been great this season when he's been on the field. Right. He's been okay. Uh, and the quarterback situation leaves much to be desired. So if you were able to get Sabershot Perriman off the waiver wire, mm-hmm. if you landed A.J. Brown a couple of weeks ago, if you have simply better options than Juju Smith-Schuster, you know, don't consider the name. Consider what he's done this season. And so in those cases, I would sit him. Yeah, I will say the Steelers have – Pretty significant. Still, it's kind of amazing. They have pretty significant playoff implications here, right? And they need Which to win. I, they need I to win. I can't believe. I mean, they need to win. And this this Jets team. I mean, I, they've been certainly up and down, but the Jets are capable of beating the Steelers. They're, ca- just, they're capable on paper of beating the Steelers, well, running up twenty four points. Hell, I think, in this league, everybody can beat everybody for the most part. I, I think at this point, we know Devlin Hodges is pretty limited as a passer. I'm trying to put it nicely, um, <laughs> but yet he gives them more options than Mason Rudolph. He does. He does give them uh, better options than Rudolph. You'd have to be. You'd have to be pretty thin at receiver to play Juju this weekend, though. That's kind of what I'm thinking. Yep. Yeah. you'd have to be pretty thin if you've made it this far. And you have Juju on the like you've figured out other options at this right, point, so right. there's no need. So you haven't been relying on that production at all at any point much, at season. any point this season. So there's no need maybe to try to shoehorn him back in the roster, uh, in the starting lineup. Um, the Carolina Panthers expected to start Will Greer this week against the Colts. I know a lot of people are saying it is about time. Uh, I also wonder like if. If Will Greer was ready to go, wouldn't he have started before now? Eh. One um, would think. One would, one would think. think, right? But the bigger question here, obviously, no one's starting Will Greer. But can you start 
either of the wide receivers, Curtis Samuel, DJ Moore, uh, you know, if Greg Olson is back or Ian Thomas, can you start him? And how much does this impact Christian McCaffrey? Uh, it's probably the biggest question. I mean, there are all these other pieces in play here that are affected by Will Greer starting, and how much do we trust them now? So Greer, to me, in preseason looked like just a total deer in headlights. Yeah, he I, was not I good. Mean, he was really bad in the preseason. Only played like 130 snaps or something like that, but he did not acquit himself very well, and I think that's probably why they felt comfortable going with Kyle Allen once Cam Newton went down. Uh, but yeah, Christian McCaffrey is as long as Will Greer can throw four yard dump offs, I think we'll be good. <laughs> so you're not <laughs> starting DJ Moore leagues. this week, though. But I think you can. I think you uh, can I think you can DJ too. Moore. He's got to throw it to somebody. Yeah, and the Col- you know the Col- this game, the, the Colts Col- just got gashed. The Colts did just get gashed, and the Colts are back at home. They should be able to score in this game and, and run all over the Panthers to kind of keep the Panthers, you know, foot on the gas and keep them throwing in this game. I think DJ Moore will be fine, but Curtis Samuel's just no. I his, wouldn't play his him. floor is so so low. so low. You know, you, sneaky good play in this game. The Colts defense. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I agree. I've got An them experienced as a, quarterback. I've got them as a nice streamer uh, yep. this week. Yep. Um. Well, a couple of notes uh, that we sort of already know. Uh, Chris Godwin. Uh, I don't know if he's officially on IR, but he, for all intents and purposes, is done. For, I, I, uh, I cut him in one of my leagues, and it, like, hurt. Yeah, I mean, hurt. I, I get that. But at this point, he's probably not coming back. It doesn't make sense yeah. for him to. Um, so you could probably let him go. Uh, the other news, Josh Gordon suspended indefinitely for, uh, again, violating the league's uh, drug policy. Um, so uh, I don't really have much to say on that other than it. it very well maybe the last time we see Josh Gordon in yeah. the National Football League. I know we've said that before, but this time it this, really might be. This time is probably yep. it. Quick his, last, his last catch was a, was a good one. It was though. a phenomenal yeah, it was, catch. It was a great catch. Yeah. Right? yeah. 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 But, Quick um, note, uh, Daniel Jones is taking first-team snaps with the Giants in practice today, which means he's likely to start, which means against the Redskins, suddenly he is a 2QB League Superflex streaming option. Against that bad, so Eli, Redskins so Eli defense. got his Eli right. got his career record back up to five hundred. They got to stop it there. And now that we're now we're good. They can't let him play now, again. Now we're you know, the only thing that matters though, two and zero in the Super Bowl. Let him <laughs> yeah, let him end his That's career. Giants fans, right, right, That's Eddie. Very true. Yeah, let him end his career at least his Giants career. I don't know what happens next year, but let him end at five hundred. Uh, I even I saw people saying, look, if he couldn't, if Daniel Jones couldn't go to play Alex Tanney, just, <laughs> um, just to let it stay at 500. Yeah. So Speaking of that, like Eli, you know, going to the Hall of Fame, and I'm sure he's probably going to end up getting in there because he won a couple of Super Bowls. I, I saw that Julian Edelman didn't get uh, a Pro Bowl uh, bid. He, he's, he's not going to make the Pro Bowl. He's never made the Pro Bowl. All, really? But people believe that he is a borderline Hall of Famer. There, yeah, I, no. I, I wonder if there's no. any Hall of Famer. Who has never made a Pro Bowl? I mean, I, can't I, be. I right? can't imagine. Can't imagine that, right? I mean, I can't. I can't imagine it. Either. Except for what Pro Bowl what Hall also, of Famers who played before the Pro Bowl. I mean, yeah. I mean, that's Ed, right? Edelman's definitely not a Hall of Famer, but it's also kind of crazy he's never made the Pro Bowl. Yeah, that's I, I find that's that really the wild. Although. I mean, I'm wondering. Yeah, I guess not. That's weird. I remember, earlier in his career, he wasn't all that great. Well, no, because you know he was yeah. like a complimentary. Piece, yeah, he was playing special teams, but. There's uh, a lot of stud receivers out there. Yeah. That's <laughs> yeah, kind of crazy. I, that's wild. I, I'm, I'm sort of floored by that. Mm-hmm. Man, there you go. All right. That's pretty much everything you need to know. That was the news. All right. Uh, for those of you who you know didn't make it to their championship, no shame in that, certainly. Uh, but it's time to look ahead. Time to get ready for next year. Time to 
to see what uh, you, you may be planning for in the 2020 season. So got a list of guys that you might be considering in some of your keeper leagues here, uh, mostly running backs and wide receivers. I didn't factor in quarterbacks because, you know, it just doesn't make sense necessarily to, to keep a quarterback. Um, but I got him here with the round that they generally came off the board uh, in most drafts this year. And you know, we can debate whether or not these guys are worth keeping at that draft price uh, for next season. So the first one, Alvin Kamara. Uh, he was a first-round pick. Not only was he a first-round pick, he was a high first-round pick in a lot of leagues. Um, the the usage rates have been pretty much the same, right? The receptions, I mean, he's probably on pace to, to, get, oh, he'll, on pace to get over 80 catches again this year. Um, just the touchdown numbers have come down drastically. I mean, he's gone from 31 in his first two seasons to two so far this year. I always say touchdowns are fickle beasts. I know we're going to talk a lot about touchdown regression probably or positive regression next next offseason when it comes to Alvin Kamara. But with all that hope potentially built into what Kamara can be, do we, do we dare give up a first-round pick to keep him next year? I probably still would. Yeah. I probably still would. It, you know, I, I'm not – this is a t- this is a good question to have because I know a lot of people out there are going to have a similar debate next year, and I, I, I think I would too. It would just depend on what pick you're giving up, right? I mean, if it's a back half of the first-round pick, then sure. Um, but at the same time, uh, Kamara has certainly disappointed a lot of people, and I think a lot of people feel pretty burned by it. I mean, only two touchdowns. This entire year, they both came in the same game. Uh, we've just all been waiting for you know the touchdown explosion to happen, and, and it just hasn't happened. I mean, uh, since he returned from their bye in Week 10, uh, the Saints have scored 19 touchdowns. 19. Mm-hmm. And Kamara doesn't have a single one. I mean, wow. it's just incredibly unlucky uh, run that he's on here. And, you know, the touches and, and the yards have kind of been the same. They've been, you know, same scrimmage yard output, same targets that he's getting in this offense. He's clearly their number two target. He just has not scored. I think... I think next year the debate will be is is if Alvin Kamara is still a first round pick, and I, I think I'll be buying heavily if he's if he's not a first round. If he's out of the first round, yeah, yeah I'm totally on board. Yeah, absolutely on board. I, I'd say he's he's. I mean, he's going to be end of the first round. He's he definitely is falling in the first round. Maybe yeah, may, maybe at that turn that that's where you're going to probably end up seeing him going uh, this season. Because I mean, when you when you look at the position, I mean, McCaffrey's going to be the consensus number one. Mm-hmm. Uh, you would think, right? Then Cook and Barkley, R- right? Those guys are going to be up there. Zeke is going to be up there. Michael Thomas is going to be Derek clearly Henry. a first round pick. Derek, Derek Henry. Henry Deserves to be a first-round pick. Uh, New Hopkins is still going to be in the mix there to be a first-round pick as well. Um, you know, I don't know what's going to happen with you know with the with the Buccaneers wide receiver situation, but Godwin has got to be in the mix for maybe the end of the first round because he had been that good right. uh, this season. And of course, in home leagues, Lamar Jackson is going to be a first-round pick, which is going to be a huge mistake. <laughs> That's going to be interesting, which right? Is be a huge mistake. There are some people out there who are also probably going to end up taking a guy like Travis Kelsey at the end of the first round because, uh, you know, Marcus talked about it on TV yesterday, how um, just that know, peace of mind, man, th- just just having that that tight end uh, who who is going to produce for you week in and week out. And people are going to want to take him in the first or second round as well. So, And by the way, Travis Kelsey is due for some positive touchdown regression. He's only sitting at four scores. Only four. Right now. And mm-hmm. he's you know just been a beast once again. Yeah. 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 So that's uh, yeah. yeah. All right. Um, so next, Leonard Fournette, who was a guy who was uh, kind of coming off the board in the third round. And another one who's getting touches, getting yards, just for whatever reason, can't really consistently get into the end zone. 
the big change for him this year is that he's catching the football, which is a something ton. we couldn't say before. Yeah. Third round pick seems like a pretty good price to pay for Leonard Fournette. Absolutely. It was it was shocking to me that Fournette was still going in the third round, you know, in the middle of August, like when everybody knew the Jags had nothing else behind him on the depth chart. And we'll see what Jacksonville does in their, their offseason to kind of get some more depth backs there, because I don't think they can roll into the next year with just Reichwell Armstead again. But yeah, Fournette is a third round pick. You're absolutely keeping him. And uh, he's third straight guy we've talked about here between Kamara Kelsey and, and Fournette uh, due for some more touchdowns. Only has three this year. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's funny, too, because when I when I drafted Fournette in a lot of leagues, um, I it was funny because he would especially early in draft season or in mock drafts, he would fall uh, kind of in my lap at the end of the third. I was kind of like, eh, OK, fine. I mean, it's turned out to be OK. Like, I'm not upset uh, about having Leonard Fournette anywhere in, in any league. Yeah, if you drafted Leonard Fournette in the third round, I think you've been pretty happy all year long because he's been I mean, the floor has been so, so high with him. He's just an, an automatic lock for like 12 to 15 points every week. And if he scores, then it's just it's gangbusters. Yeah, I would. Uh, I want to I'm going to go back and watch like all of uh, their like inside the five carries and just see what the what, what went wrong. Like, what the heck happened this entire <laughs> year? Because it's just uh, he's got a ton of them. He's just not been uh, not been lucky enough to get in the end zone enough. Yeah, um, yeah, that's, that's I don't know. Again, I say it all: touchdowns are fickle beasts, man. Like maybe next year Leonard Fournette ends up having ten or twelve touchdowns. Who knows? Uh, you very well could have had ten or twelve this year. DJ Chark just took all of them in the beginning. That's true. <laughs> DJ Chark <laughs> had like sixty in the middle of the beginning of the year. Um, Melvin Gordon, who I think is going to be a really interesting case next year, right? Because what, what, he's, what team is he? Right, because he's probably not going to be with the Chargers next year. I think we can sort of kind of agree on that. Um, I was actually almost going to put Austin Eckler on this list, but that's a no-brainer considering where you got him and the production that, that he has put up so far this year. So I felt like, you know, that you leave him off this list. But Melvin Gordon, who I put him in round six. I know that, that his draft price sort of fluctuated depending on when and where you were drafting. But let's just say Melvin Gordon... Round six, uh, with no idea where he's going to be, but knowing what he can be when everything works in his favor and when he is healthy and playing well. I mean, I feel like round six for Melvin Gordon is a pretty good deal. There's just so many unknowns going into this, Fab. Yeah, no doubt about that. Um, again, you know, he, he has the talent to to be a first-round pick. He has been a first-round pick. Um and he was playing at a very high level before this past weekend where he, you know, ended up catching a case of fumbleitis and killed a lot of fantasy winners, including <laughs> yeah. this one right here in their leagues. But if he ends up in the right spot, I mean, dude, he's 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 a he's a three down back who's going to get goal line opportunities. I don't know where he's going to end up. You know, I always think Tampa Bay needs a running back. Tampa Bay needs a running back. <laughs> right. Tampa Bay needs a running back. You know, Houston needs a running back also. Although I think David Johnson going to Tampa would be a nice little fit with Bruce Arians. Yeah. Just saying. But um Based on the talent, as long as he's in a team that already has like a really good complimentary pass catcher in the backfield where you're worried about a potential committee, I think Gordon is is a fine bargain for a sixth rounder. Here's the thing. So Eckler is also an unrestricted free agent after this year. He only had a three-year deal in his, uh, in his contract. If the Chargers sign Eckler but let Gordon walk, mm-hmm. how early are we taking Eckler next year? First that- round. He's a first rounder. See, I think he'd be in that conversation with Kamara too. He's got to be. Yeah, absolutely has to be. He's got to be. I would think so. I mean, but are we talking early first round or kind of late first round for Eckler? No, late first round. Yeah, I don't think you can take him over any of those. Dude, not for for nothing. Not for nothing. He's the third highest scoring running back in fantasy football right now. Right. And he's he's only, he's less than, what, he's about 13 points behind Cook. Yeah, Yeah, no, I mean, look, 
he's had he's had uh, obviously some huge blow up games, but he's been fairly yeah. consistent. Even once Melvin Gordon came back, yeah, he's he giving the double really digits. Well. I mean, yeah. He, yeah, guys, he has fifty or more receiving yards in four straight games. Even with Melvin Gordon in there, he's been a fantastic play. The Chargers' uh, offense might week. look quite different, though. I mean, well, what's going on with the Phil Rivers? Too true. Uh, Very true. Players that have fewer catches than Austin Eckler this year. Uh, I know. I know one of them, and it begins with an O, well, yeah, and it ends with a J. Uh, yeah, yeah, he's there. Uh, yeah. Tyler Lockett, Robert Woods, um, Mike Evans, although Evans you know, got hurt, so you know, kind of put an asterisk next to that one. Mm. Um, but, I mean, there are – Austin Eckler's got 78 catches, man. He has more catches yeah. than <laughs> every tight end in the league. Except Darren Waller, and- right? And Kelsey, Kelsey's got no Kelsey Ertz. I'm looking Kelsey. Kelsey's Ertz. got over eighty again. Oh, oh, he and does. Waller. Okay, so every every tight end except for three for three, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean that that just shows you how and it's close play. too with yeah. those three. Yeah. Um, Tyler Lockett, who has had his ups and downs, right? I mean, for anybody, I mean, there are probably lots of people who got bounced in the their fantasy playoffs because Tyler Lockett kind of went through a slump here late in the season, bounced back obviously last week has a good matchup this week. Um, he was you know, a lot of people's pick to have a big season. And for the most part, he has done that. Uh, if you're looking at Tyler Lockett, though, and having to keep a fifth round pick, are you OK with that this year or next year? Absolutely. OK, I think absolutely. What other receiver? I mean, Tyler Lockett, when he's been healthy and not had the flu and not, you know, had yeah, he was like super sick. dude. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, people got to got to understand. He that. did. And he, he had a really bad like a uh, shin bruise that he had in that, uh, that week 10 game against the Niners. But outside of those you know, couple weeks, like he has been a top 12, top 15 receiver every single week. So if you can keep him in the fifth round next year, I think that's just an, an auto lock. All right. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I I don't really think I have much argument with that. Yeah, it's like, who? I mean, DK Metcalf is never going to be like a huge target hog. Right. Who else, who else are they going to add this offseason that would make that would scare you from thinking Lockett's going to get another? You know, well, and I don't, you know, look, I, I know it's a 20 targets. I know it's a loaded wide receiver draft this year, but I don't True. expect that they're going to necessarily go and at least not spend a high draft pick on a wide receiver. Although that would be fun if they did. That would be kind of fun. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe they actually help. You know, not that not that Russell Wilson needs a ton of help, but you know, give him a little extra help. Is that terrible? Um, the last one I have on this list, and it's sort of fitting because as we're talking here, a piece of news has just popped. Yep, and you you uh, know which one? I- yeah. So yep. Well, first the piece of news: um, Dak Prescott reportedly has had an MRI on his right shoulder, and Jason Garrett says it's hard for him to function right now. I just texted Jane Slater to which, see, which uh, does not seem good. No, especially with the Cowboys having a huge matchup with the Eagles coming up this week. Um, so that seems really bad. But this also ties into Amari Cooper, who uh, is was a third round pick in a lot of leagues. Seems to be the definition of boom or bust, right? I mean, when Amari Cooper has a huge game, it is an off the charts huge game. Then he comes back and he just kind of gives you next to nothing. I mean, I'm, I'm looking at it right now, right? Uh, week five against the Packers. 11 catches for 226 and a touchdown. The very next week against the Jets, one catch for three yards. That is kind of the story of Amari Cooper. Mm-hmm. I mean, you love the highs, you hate the lows. It, I mean, Fabs, would you would you give up a third round pick just to, to maybe take a chance at that? I think that's I think it's fair. I also think that Amari's not one hundred percent. He he's he had been dealing with some you know lower extremity issues uh, for probably most of the second half of the season, and when he's failed to put up a big stat line, and I think this is maybe the knock against him. It's been against some of the top cover corners in the league. He had 19 yards against Jalen Ramsey. Uh, he he had a pretty decent game there against Tredavious White in Buffalo uh, against Darius Slay, only at 38 yards. 
So that could be, you know, that, that could be an issue for him because when you're talking about an elite level fantasy player, he should be producing regardless of the uh, of the defender that's opposite him. But with that being said, third round pick to me makes a lot of sense for Amari Cooper because that's going to be what high end two. Mm-hmm. So I, I still think he's uh, he he's well for for a third round pick. I think that that's a fair that's a fair price. Amari Cooper is a perfect receiver too to pair with. You know, like let's say you get Michael Thomas at number two or number three overall, and you right. come back and you get Cooper in like the late second or early third round next yeah. year. You're loving that because Thomas is the consistent guy, and Cooper is just like the- all or nothing. <laughs> right. It's that all, like you said, it is. It's a weak. It's weak winning. Exactly. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 I think that's probably a good a, a good way to look at it. Um, but if you're looking at like his tier, like you're, you're looking at you know you're looking at Galladay with with Stafford back you know next season you're looking at like Allen Robinson and DJ Moore and yeah. you know guys like that and Keenan Allen I feel like third round is right about where you know those guys are going to land next season right yeah I mean Keenan Allen's another interesting one too right if we talk about this Charger offense maybe looking different next year um, I mean I assume Philip Rivers is going to be back as the quarterback next season but I mean another guy who's just kind of highs and lows uh, with, with this offense so he's going to be kind of one to to keep an eye on. Yeah, um, just a quick quick thing. I got a response yes. from Jane. Uh, she said he played through the finger and now the shoulders popped up. He doesn't seem to be too concerned. Uh, he's a tough dude, and if I know him, he will definitely play Sunday. No issue besides maybe that will force the Cowboys to run the ball a little bit more. Huh. All right. I was going to say, like, I feel like, yeah, he can be tough, but a shoulder is sort of important to the guy who throws the football. <laughs> I know. I know. But yeah. Man, it, Dak at less than 100% in this matchup is just, ugh. Just that's that's brutal. I mean, because the Eagles are just so bad in the. Playoffs. I know. I mean, and, and and again, I always say it. They've been tougher at home uh, than they are uh, on the road. Amari Cooper defensively. Has, Amari Cooper has absolutely shredded the Eagles in the past too. Yeah. So. Um, yep. All right. Well, keep an eye on that. I'm sure that story will develop as the week goes along. So it's going to be one to to keep an eye on. Uh, all right. Week 16. A handful of guys. If you should be brave or beware, based on who they are and who they are facing this week. Uh, got a couple of quarterbacks here, top of the list. First one, Kirk Cousins, who has been, you know, not bad. Uh, a little bit. Uh, I don't know. Kind of up and down, I guess. But overall, pretty good this year. He's got the Packers, and obviously, what is a huge matchup. Um, Kirk Cousins in prime time? Does that narrative creep into anybody's head? But I mean, like uh, people say that, and I get it. Like he's I know he, a ripped, lot of, I know he ripped the Cowboys. Right, he did. And and in the last game uh, that he had in prime time, I mean, Stephon Diggs cost him. He would have scored twenty points in that game if Stephon Diggs hadn't dropped some passes. And then there was right. one pass that Diggs had in his hands. It popped out, and the defender picked it off. So you can't do anything if you're Kirk Cousins there. I mean, you can only you know yeah. throw the football that, accurately and hope your receivers can catch it. That Seattle loss was not on Kirk Cousins. That their defense got just absolutely uh, creamed. I, I I'm not I'm not opposed to Kirk Cousins this week. No. I mean, there's probably there's I'm probably, not either. There's probably quite a few options out there available that I, mm. you know you'd probably feel better about. But yeah, I'm definitely not opposed to Kirk Cousins putting up like 20 or two 20 uh, fantasy points this week. All right, uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick against the Bengals. This is like, isn't this another on the revenge? Tour yes, for, he, he's, uh, it's another revenge game. Now I will say this. Okay, the Bengals have been kind of tough, at least fantasy wise. Like the numbers don't look good. Here's for right. quarterbacks and receivers. Here's so the Bengals this season have given up the ninth most fantasy points to the quarterback position. But here is where they have given up a bulk of their production. 451 rushing yards right. to quarterbacks. And the second worst team is only giving up well, 339, which is the Niners. I mean, And they've also given up five touchdowns. 
But but Ryan Fitzpatrick, Fitzpatrick is a leading rusher for the Miami Dolphins. Dolphins. <laughs> and rushing. <laughs> so, like, I, I, mean, I would still – like, I'm playing him in, in one of my leagues, and I think I might play him over Kirk Cousins. Yeah, I was going to I was gonna ask you. you, know, you I may play him over Kirk Cousins. I, I, yeah. think I, like Fitz, I think I like Fitzmagic just a little bit more than Cousins just because of the rushing. Yep. The rushing yep. has been awesome for him. Yeah, so here – just for those of you who love NFL history, right now – Ryan Fitzpatrick leads the Dolphins with 219 rushing yards. Okay, now obviously we still have a few weeks left in the season, but uh, that is the fewest for any rushing leader in the Super Bowl era. Now the the leader for an entire season was a guy named Ross Montgomery, the Chicago Bears in 19 leader in air quotes there. Who had 229 <laughs> rushing yards, but Fitzpatrick is the only quarterback in the top five. So really? every other player has been a running back. Huh. So Fitzpatrick could, we'll see what happens, could be the first player <laughs> in NFL history during the Super Bowl era, not counting the strike year of 1982, that a quarterback leads his team. In I need this cards. to happen. I do. I need this to I happen. I really need this to happen. This is wild. Uh, Miles Gaskin, I, I hope you uh, rip off a few, few more big plays in the next couple of weeks so Patrick Laird doesn't get the title for the Dolphins' <laughs> leading rusher. He's going to need a bunch yeah, of Yeah, you, you got to look at the stats, though, I mean, deeply, obviously, when you're doing this because right now, I mean, the, the, the Bengals are giving up uh, – they've given up 18 touchdown passes, which actually is not a lot uh, compared to a lot of teams. They're only giving up 1.3 touchdown passes. It's the rushing yards right. that have crushed them. Now – big part of that is they play in the same division with Lamar Jackson. Exactly. So, so I mean, take from it what you will. It's a revenge game. I still think Fitzpatrick's startable. Another big part of their lack of production in the passing game is just they've, especially in the early in the year, they were just getting absolutely creamed every single week and everybody was just running against them. You know, teams yep. just take their foot off the gas and didn't have to throw very much. So I yeah. do think that skews it a little bit too, but you're right. Their, their secondary has played better than expected. And uh, by the way, weeks. two of the three defenses in the league that have given up the most rushing yards to quarterbacks happen to play in the AFC North. Yeah. Well, Cincinnati I mean, and Cleveland. Yeah. The Browns. Yeah. Well, Pittsburgh's been the only team that has made Jackson look mortal this year. Sometimes it's a function of who you play. Exactly. <laughs> sometimes it's exactly. a function of yeah. who you play. Yep. Uh, all right. You want to talk about revenge games? This what? might be the oh, ultimate revenge wait. game this year. Matt Prater against Denver? Uh, oh, yeah, that one. That's exactly what I was talking about. Uh, no. Uh, oh, that's a great one. <laughs> no? <laughs> Le'Veon Bell against the Steelers. And when you talk about... I mean, this is, this is top of the charts, right? Um, I mean, Lev... Look, the ceiling hasn't been all that high this year. But really, the floor hasn't been all that low either. I mean, he's... You can count on him for 10 to 12 pretty much every single week. It's not pretty, but he's kind of getting you there. So there's that. On the flip side, though, the Steeler defense has pretty much locked down on a whole lot of people. I just feel like, Graham, like, you're not going to find – do you have a better option, right? If you're looking at that flex spot or looking at the second running back spot, you probably don't have a better option. I I don't imagine you'd you'd have to be just absolute loaded to draft Le'Veon Bell with your first couple of picks and then still have – uh, some some really hammer flex spot options because you, you're right. I mean, you know, the touchdowns haven't been there for the Jets uh, and especially for Bell. Bell's efficiency has been pretty bad all year because their offensive line has been so bad. But yeah, I mean, he's been fine for fantasy, uh, you know, just 10 to 12 points in almost every game. Uh, and, and it's, you know, I wish we could have seen Bell used a little bit more like you know, imaginatively as a receiver this year, I'd, right. I'd like to see him uh, be split out as a wide out or split out in the slot a little more often, but he's still been fine. You know, yep. he's been between four and five catches in almost every single game. So yeah, I, I, I'd, 
you'd have to be pretty loaded to not play. Yeah, I feel like if we knew Mike Boone was going to be the guy for the Vikings, I could play him over Le'Veon Bell. Yeah, I agree. But we don't know. We just don't know. We don't know. Do not know. Um, Ronald Jones. Who has do been it. so hard. He's been so hard to figure, but the matchup against Houston just feels yep. so sweet. Yep. Can't convince me, Marcus. I can't. I nope. can't do it, man. Nope. 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 I can't do it. I know nope. you're a USC homer. Like, I'm not. I'm not right, thing, Marcus. I'm just asking the question. He's right? not even. He's not even playing featured back snaps. He's I mean, not. they're splitting the touches and the snaps between him and Peyton Barber. You know, you got uh, Dare. Who's go ahead. Last name. Ogunbowale. Thank you. Uh, he's in the mix as well. I think the only way that you start Ronald Jones this week is if you deeply believe in your soul that they're going to use him more often as a pass catcher because the Buccaneers have no wide receivers left. And I just don't believe that. So I can't buy that. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, it could be a Peyton Barber game. I don't know. But that's why I, I just don't want to play either one of these. Guys. I remember when Bruce Arians called Ronald Jones his starter after that big game against Seattle. Yeah. We all bought in. And right? Ronald Jones got like what? I don't even know how many carries. It wasn't many, I don't think. He got 11. Yeah, I mean, we all bought into that. He actually had a good game after that because uh, he caught eight balls randomly in that game. But then the very next game against the Saints, he had five touches. That is Ronald Jones' season in a nutshell. That's all Ronald right. Jones' career in a nutshell. Yeah, I mean, this discussion went sort of how I figured. But I just I just wanted to throw it out there because it just, you know, it was a, a frustrating player in a potentially good spot. I was just curious. No, when I when I was doing Stardom and Sidham, you know, obviously I'm looking through all these, all these matchups and I see, you know, Houston-Tampa and I'm like, Ugh, I can't even do it. I can't put him in the start. I can't. I can't, I can't do it. <laughs> as great as the matchup is, uh, I simply cannot do it. All right. I can't do it. Okay, so then on the other side, right, good good running back in a potentially bad matchup, Nick Chubb uh, against the Ravens. Now, Chubb's biggest game this season actually came against Baltimore earlier in the year, but I also feel like this is a different Baltimore team than what the Browns saw the first time around. My other fear with Nick Chubb is that if the if the Ravens run out to a lead like they've been doing on teams, does this make this more of a Kareem Hunt game and Nick Chubb is sort of left standing by? But again, I just feel like it's it's hard to sit Nick Chubb. I just feel like you you might be a little bit concerned. I know. I I have him in one league where I'm in the championship. I I gotta play him. Yeah, I think I gotta you, play. Him. I think you have to play him too. Uh, granted, much different defense. Um, obviously, the Cardinals are just not as near as talent as the Ravens are, but you know, the, the Browns were down that entire game by multiple scores and Nick Chubb still ran for 17, 127 and a touchdown. You know, I mean, he's, gonna, <laughs> he's, he's clearly their, their lead guy. I mean, they're only getting Kareem Hunt involved in the passing game really. And, and Chubb, I think no matter what, he's going to be, you know, getting, getting the rock on the, in the running game. I, you know, it definitely isn't great that his matchup is uh, the Ravens here in week 16, but yeah, you got to play him. I think. All right. Uh, we sort of talked about this a little bit earlier, but DJ Moore against the Colts, um, I mean, not exciting necessarily with Will Greer there because we just don't know what Will Greer offers. But I, you guys sort of felt like you were at least okay. I mean, I feel like I feel like this season we 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 should have learned a lesson, right? In that when an inexperienced quarterback comes in, that doesn't necessarily mean that all of the parts around him are going to just collapse. Mm-hmm. I mean, hell, I freaking benched Kenny Galladay when David Blau was playing against the Bears on Thanksgiving, and I lost because of it right and i benched galladay simply because blau was playing and it was the bears and it blew up in my face and we've seen these young and i mean kyle allen came in in his first start against arizona and had a huge game mm-hmm. so uh, listen I, I know you know you, you talk about how he looked in the preseason he, it wasn't good mm-hmm. right nope. but I, I feel like you can't you can't just simply assume that a guy's come going to come in and be crap because we've seen especially this year young guys have come in into big roles and and played pretty well. 
Yeah, and in, in theory, you'd hope that Will Greer, you know, having the, you know, three to four months here of extra prep to kind of get in the offense and, and learn the nuances of it and get some more reps in practice has hopefully helped. But also, I mean, the Panthers have seen Kyle Allen play for now that, that <laughs> entirety, right, entirety right. of the time. And at no point outside of maybe a couple games has Kyle Allen looked like their future starter. So it, it definitely doesn't lend itself to much positivity for Greer. Right. And also keep in mind, too, and I, people always argue with me on Twitter, but I don't get a quarterback doesn't necessarily have to have a big game for one or two of his right, wide receivers right. to have exactly. a big game. Yeah. So, like, and DJ Moore, it's not like this guy's, you know, Terrell Owens catching 15 touchdowns in a season. Yeah. All he needs is six catches, you know, 80, 90 yards. And that's what he's been. And that's what, week. I mean, and, and, right. and you're getting, you know, some games you're getting more than others, but I mean, his floor has typically been pretty good. So, you know, don't go into this thinking I can't play DJ Moore because Will Gr- is it is it a little less sort of, you know, sh- sure of yourself? I mean, maybe a little bit, right. but I'm still playing DJ Moore. Yeah. I have him in a couple of leagues. Where, else, have him in my lineup. where else is the ball going to go in this offense? You know, exactly. It's, it's been McCaffrey <laughs> exactly. Moore all year you know? long, right. and the ball's going to get to him. All right. Uh, Devontae Parker against the Bengals. We talked about Ryan Fitzpatrick and what he potentially offers, uh, you know, those those uh, guys in the secondary for Cincinnati. Yep. Um, but Devontae Parker has been so good. Like, I know. I, I feel like I don't want to turn away from him. Just Does no this way. stat scare you? Okay. The Cincinnati Bengals against perimeter receivers this year have given up three touchdowns and the third fewest fantasy points. A little. I mean, <laughs> yeah, like we said, they've definitely been a good. I'm just saying. I'm better. just saying. I mean, like, I'm. I, listen, Devontae Parker's. Uh, I mean, he's a top twelve start at worst right. at wide receiver. But right, I mean, the stats are the stats. Yeah, they. You know, they've definitely done a better job than expected, especially without Drake Kirkpatrick all year. Yeah, uh, for for most of the year. But yeah, I think you can definitely still play Parker this week, just because the. Oh ball, no 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 the no! Targets, yeah, absolutely. The, the sure. targets are always going to be there for uh, for Fitz. He loves forcing the ball to his guy. Yeah, Graham, you're your stats guy. You want a crazy stat? The Chiefs are giving up the second fewest fantasy points to perimeter receivers this year, but they've given up the most yards per catch to perimeter receivers. Is that wild or what? They're giving up almost 18 a catch to perimeter receivers, but they're giving up the second fewest fantasy points. So basically... Guys aren't scoring touchdowns. Yeah, they're not scoring exactly. Touchdowns. Exactly. They <laughs> only have. They've only given up four touchdowns. They're getting explosive right. plays. The Chiefs try to force everything towards the middle of the field, and that's right. why the slot receivers always do pretty well against. Which them. is why Anthony Miller is a really, a really nice, nice play. play. A nice play this yep. week. Yeah, yep. I do like him. Uh, my last one on this list: Tyler Higby, who has just been lights out for the last three or four weeks. Going against the 49ers. Now, I mean, the Niners obviously gave up a ton of points to the Saints a couple weeks ago. They let the Falcons kind of move the ball fairly effectively. But, you know, they also locked down on the Rams when they played earlier this season. How do we feel about Higgs this week? I'm freaking playing. (laughs) Dude, he's balling out. I mean, the Niners gave up two touchdowns in a quarter, uh, less than a quarter to Jared Cook. So it's not like that defense is impenetrable to tight ends. Listen, Jared Goff, the way that he is playing right now, he doesn't throw it vertically. His thumb is messed up. So what does that mean? By the way, it says he says that he's going to be okay. He should be ready to go for this weekend. He also stinks this year. Well, so I mean, I mean yeah, yeah, exactly. So uh, no, he's throwing the ball. Short passes. Higby's getting open underneath. He's he's a top five play. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, especially you know this this game. The way the game projects to go, the Niners should get ahead, build a lead, and if they do, the Rams are going to have to throw again. Yeah. Uh, and if Jared Goff has to throw 50 times again, mm-hmm. Tyler Higby is going to smash. Yeah. Again. Uh, yeah. Simple enough. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool. Um, that's all I got in this one. Uh, so, uh, as as this being the last pod we're doing all together uh, before Championship Week, 
Uh, any any words of wisdom you guys have for people out there in their championship games? So, uh, and I went through this last night with uh, Jerry Cantrell because he's in the finals of the AIC League against Jeff Garland, who beat me. Garland beat me. His backfield was garbage. He beat me with Michael Thomas, Lamar Jackson, Allen Robinson, and and uh, George Kittle. That'll do it. Yeah. That 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 That'll beat me. You should not have a player on your bench that is useless to you this week. Every player on your roster has to have a purpose. And I went through this with Jerry last night because he had a bunch like he had Matt Ryan on his bench. He's starting Russell Wilson, Jeff Scott, Jeff Scott, Lamar Jackson. He doesn't need Matt Ryan. OK, uh, he had, you know, Curtis Samuel. You're not going to play Curtis Samuel. Your opponent's not going to pick him up. Drop him. And what you want to do is you want to go out and look at that opponent's roster and see what they need and put the block on him. Right. Like. If your opponent is rolling with a defense that's got a bad matchup this week because they had a good matchup the previous week, like, for example, the Buccaneers, pick up two defenses. Block him from getting those players. In that case, uh, he could use use a wide receiver. He could potentially... So go out and pick up Brashad Perriman, even if you're not going to use him. Right. Like, drop, drop, you know, a second defense that you're not going to use. Drop as, as long as you're not going to use the player and your opponent's not going to pick him up, he shouldn't be on your roster. Because even if you're not going to play him, you don't want your opponent to get him if he can use him. That, so yeah. every, every spot on your roster has to have a purpose right now. Using the waiver wire to, like, block opponents in, in the playoffs is one of my favorite things to do. If for nothing else, just to make, I other, do it all the time, to make other people mad. Oh, yeah. No, so, all the time. Yeah. yeah. So on Twitter, sometimes, uh, you know, making your opponents and friends mad is its own reward. Exactly. Um, uh, my other big piece of advice is just look, there are Saturday games. There are three Saturday games and there are three Saturday games involving a lot of really important fantasy options. Teams. Don't, you know, don't forget about that. Right. Like we don't have TNF. I know sometimes TNF sneaks up on people and you forget about something uh, just because there's no Thursday night game. Don't, you know, don't let your guard down. And then, you know, sometime mid morning on Saturday, you're like, oh, crap, I got to you know make some changes. Like just yeah. remember that there are important Saturday games that have to go a long way toward what happens. Yeah. And that Texans Bucks game starts at 10 o'clock here in, uh, in the Pacific Coast. So yep. that, that's an early game. Uh, my, my final piece of advice is like, you know, don't get attached to name value. You know, I know Aaron Rodgers has been very disappointing the last couple of weeks. Um, find a better streaming option that has a higher ceiling than Aaron Rodgers. You know, don't get attached to the guys that like, uh, have the you know the historical name value just because they have a name does not mean they're they're going to produce and and I get it it's it's be, be tough to bench Aaron Rodgers in your championship league but if for whatever reason like you know even Ryan Fitzpatrick Ryan Tannehill is still out there in your league while well, even Kirk Cousins this week I think mm-hmm. I might even play over Rodgers don't don't be attached to the name value don't be afraid to try and find yourself a better ceiling because you know guys like you know Aaron Rodgers big name but just the production has not been there especially in five of his last six games. Yeah. Uh, yes, I know. I know that this is a especially a tough week. Uh, this is a week where a lot of people like lean on these start your studs. Um, that yeah. that's true to I a will point. Eighty percent of the time. Yeah. But then there's a few times with like guys like Aaron Rodgers who are no longer studs the, that people still think are studs. Know, and I think that's the big key. That that might be something we talk about in the offseason, yeah. right? Is like. What are the warning signs when a guy is no longer a stud? Fake right? studs. Like, like, Do a whole know? segment on fake studs. Right. Like how sometimes we just get attached to the name. I said it before the season. We talked about Aaron Rodgers. And I know some people had him as the QB1 potentially to draft. And I was like, that feels like muscle memory, right? We're just so used to having him there. Right. That muscle memory says, yeah, Aaron Rodgers, just put him in there. And uh, Aaron Rodgers is going to be a very late-round pick next year. He is. He's going to be a late-round pick. You would think. Right? Yeah. Which, uh, you know what? Unless if, people aren't paying attention and they just the say the name. If you got this Aaron, I mean, he's right now, what is he, the QB8? If you got this Aaron Rodgers season 
as a 10th, 11th round pick, you're fine with that. Yeah. I don't even know if you are, though, because two of his biggest games came against the Raiders and the Giants. Uh, he, had four, he had nine touchdowns in those games, yeah. right? He has 24 scores in the entire year. And so nine in two so, games? So nine Maybe. came in two games. I mean, he's just been so meh. Yeah. And, and not even meh. He's I mean, been all or nothing, really. But he's had some huge games and a lot of stinkers. You're yeah. certainly not happy with this as a fifth-round pick. As, no. a, as a 10th or 11th-round pick, I think you can justify it. Sure. Yeah. A little bit yeah. more. Uh, I just went on Twitter, and Rotten Tomatoes is trending. God darn it. I, yeah. I got to stay off. Yeah, I just uh, I had to mute the hashtag. So Can you yeah. show me how to do that? I will. Yeah, please. Uh, all right. That's it. We are done. I'm going to go teach Fabs how to use a tweet deck or yes. something like that. Um, <laughs> we appreciate you listening and downloading. You know the drill. Tell two friends to tell two friends. Rate, review, and remember, they call it a selfie because narcissistic is too hard to spell. We'll see you on Friday. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Hey, guys. Back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck, yeah. And some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, <laughs> ah, love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, can a girl go shopping? Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com.